I'm Nick. And I'm Sean. And, and these, these are Our Fermenting Thoughts. Happy Christmas, Sean. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise, Nick. So have you, have, you, uh, have you got any big plans for the, the big day? Um, it's... I'm very lucky in the fact that um, we will be spending time with relatives um, on the lead up to, and those relatives are in nice spots. Um, in my instance, they're, um, or in my case, they're Isle of Wight. And locally, I, I live in Surrey. And uh, yeah, got, we've got sort of uh, time in and around Christmas itself, to, which is which is great. Um, I was lucky enough to be from a very sort of family-minded, extended family. So that for me is what it's all about. Um, yes, the, the, of course, there's the present giving and there's this and that, but you know, you want to send it, spend it in the epicenter of your family group. Um, so to be doing that this year more than other years is good stuff. So we're just staying here, <laughs> um, which will be really nice actually, because we normally go away to the in-laws and stuff. Um, but I just kind of, just kind of want to be here, you know. Um, so the in-laws come in here this year. So not that our house is very big. It's really not. Um, but it'd be nice to to be around, you know, in, in the comfort of all the rest of it. And, you know, I, th- I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most, this is going to be really, really sad and just show the extent of my beer nerdery. But I'm really looking forward to a pint of Farmer's Belgian Blue. Have you ever had it from Bradfield Brewery? Uh, no, no. So... I remember the first time I had it, it was a wedding around Christmas time. We're talking way back in like, you know, 2010 or 2011, sometime like that. And um, we went to Bradfield Parish Hall, which is where the wedding was, just a stone's throw from the brewery. And um, they had this sort of christmas seed looking pump clip. And I was like, oh, have a pint of Belgian blue, please. And she's pouring it. And this purple drink's coming out with this sort of bluey, pink-tinged head. And I thought, what the flipping next that and i tasted it and it was amazing i, I it, honestly it's it's not like i know some people revere titanic plum porter and i personally i used to like that beer but i feel like it's kind of gone almost a little bit synthetic over the last however many years five six years um but belgian blue had some of the original kind of quality that plum porter had but it's not made with plums. I think it's like blueberries or something. So it's not as in your face even then. And it's just got this lovely kind of creamy, fruity, but not overly fruity quality to it. And for me, Christmas begins when you have a pint of that. So um, I think I'm looking forward to that it's Christmas. Yep. No, that's, um, it sounds absolutely blinding that you've uh, <laughs> absolutely defined the one you, you want. Uh, I, can't say the same only that yeah I, I will obviously involve some of my my classic favorites um and uh pe- people that have heard me rant on in in various uh disguises know that i love um coniston bluebird bitter but oh uh, mate <laughs> I, I was at the black ball earlier this year on holiday and it's like when we went to uh, the lake district on the first day, whenever we go on holiday as a family, we sit down and say, like, right, what do we want to do? So we go for all the leaflets and all the rest of it and so on. And I was like, I've got one thing I want to do and it's go to Black Bull in Coniston and drink a pint of Bluebird. 
and I yeah, did. It is absolutely magnificent. And, uh, you know, I was also there um, earlier in the year and uh, the Lake District, that is. And, uh, you know, lakes themselves need to be um, name checked on here because they're knocking out some fantastic beers. Uh, oh, well, we visited there on the way home as well. Um, so got a little tour around the brewery, which was great. And then we went to um, MicroDot. Do you, you know what MicroDot is? Come yeah. MicroDot? Yeah. yeah. So for anyone listening, that's the artist that did a lot of the artwork for Oasis and The Verve and other uh, Britpop bands of the 90s. Um, but yeah, um, Bluebird on cask. The, 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 I'll tell you what was the most gutting though, was they had their barley wine on cask as well. And I was driving. So I had to say, can I just... Can I, have a, can I try a little bit? I can't buy half of that, but I really want to try it. And it was so nice. I, it was the kind of beer that I could have, like, by a roaring fire, had a good... Well, he, he, <laughs> we've been out together. <laughs> you know what I'm like with the uh, Imperial beers. It, it, it's, it's, it, you don't even have to, of course. I mean, you can just go to the bull itself, but you can, uh, as you did, but... Um, of course, the thoughts are of, of, of coming off a, I don't know, a 10-mile trek or something and, uh, you know, being fairly grim weather. And as you march through the door, certainly everything I love about a pub, you know, and the ball's one of them. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, good good quality. Not, you're not going to be overcharged here for the, the food either um, or anything. And, um, yeah, just, you, you know you know what you're getting is just fresh and warming. And uh, yeah, okay, we're lending ourselves to a winter picture here, but um, any time of the year, that place is, the, the Lake District in, in general is magnificent. What do you think makes a good pub? Actually, let, let's just start with that question. What do you think makes a good pub? I've got another burning question afterwards. Well, having been a publican, I think it's it does come from, from the publican. So he's got to guide and nurture that... Um, that uh, ambience and uh, the feel um, and clearly make it as friendly and conversational as possible. Um, so, yeah, people talk, talked about, I'm not talking about Samuel Smith's, bar, um, Samuel Smith's banning of mobiles, but I, I do think that as much as you can, can encourage people by configuration of the room, the feel of the room, um, the service of, of the room, if I can put it that way, it's just got to be as, uh, it's just like a big hug, it's just like a big warm hug. And um, you you feel that the minute you go to the minute you exit. So the you know the hello at the door and the goodbye is is heartfelt. And uh, you know, and that should be to you never know to whom you're speaking clearly, whether it's the first time in your pub um, and or you know they're a local. So, but there should be no difference whatsoever in every aspect of of how that place feels and throughout the year, and and on any um, and on any service. So whether that be um, you know, lunchtime again. You know, without getting obviously, pick up the tempo depending on what type of uh, pub it is. Whether you have live music, and I've, I've run all styles of venues. So again, that's a really quite detailed um, uh, planning, especially if it's a new opening, which I've also done. But if you've inherited a pub, um, which I've, again, I've, I've run a local coaching house in near. near um, Cheltenham and that was my toughest gig purely because I knew that I'd be taking on already a local community from somebody else and having to make sure that not only did I maintain that but took it forward in my own way um, and you know add value around the edges without you know without spoiling what 
that particular pub is all about. Mm. Um, so you've got to give people something extra for all the reasons that we have spoken about. You know, you've got to, it's got to be an experience. Yeah. I think a lot of that experience comes down to people at the end of the day, Yeah, more, more so than whether it's a, this type of pub or that type of pub or whatever. Like, so um, we're really good friends with a couple of retired publicans called Nigel and Vanessa, absolutely wonderful people. And they're being really supportive of my brewing ventures and hop forward and family over the years. And um, at one point they were managing like five, or six pubs in Sheffield, but the, the one pub that, and this was before we even knew them. Um, the one pub that me and my wife, Claire was our favorite pub was called the Ramor Inn. And they were the publicans of that pub. And there was just something about it when you went in, it was an enterprise pub. So, you know, it was by and large, um, brands like Timothy Taylor's and so on, but they'd have like a guest line or two on as well. Um, but there was just something about that pub when you walked in that I loved how you described it like a hug, that you just felt something that you can't really put your finger on. And I, I'm convinced it was down to the atmosphere they created in that venue. It's definitely that. And it's a, it's a very old one and, and somewhat dated, people would say, but... You know, I, I refer to the comedy cheers and it's, you know, we're, we're always glad you came. Um, and that's what you want. You know, you just want, and, and pubs that I've enjoyed on on the other side of the bar are the ones that, to be honest, you know, and depending on what I've been doing for a living, it, it's just, <laughs> without being selfish about it, to uh, your domestic circumstances, obviously, but, you know, you just want to go and, and, and regularly and stay. Mm. You know, so if you're going... Um, I don't know, at seven of an evening, then you don't leave to the end. Um, yeah. You know, because that that's that, that dwell time or whatever the, the ways of putting it is, is just what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and, and of course then, you know, like we've spoken about, you become an ambassador for that pub and then you introduce your family and friends to it. And that, that just grows that, that uh, customer base for, for the publican. So I think it's really important to, for the publican to actually get across their philosophy, not just by the way they're running the place, but also to um, be, you know, the present at all times and, and and their staff to be reflective of their personality. Um, yeah. I think, at least for my family, I know everyone's going to be different. A good litmus test for us with a good pub is whether our eldest daughter, who's on the autistic spectrum, takes a liking to it. Now, I know obviously this is a whole minefield when I'm talking about uh, people who are um, ASD or neurodivergent um, because everyone's different. But as far, I can only speak for my situation and how my daughter handles uncomfortable social situations. And there's a pub near to me um, owned by a small brewery called Loxley Brewery who are brilliant, who I do some work with, um, called The Raven. I mean, it's a few streets away. We've been to loads of other different pubs and craft beer bars and stuff. And she just, her, her main trait, I would say, is anxiety. So she, she, you know, she gets very, very anxious and, you know, it makes it hard to then go out to certain craft beer bars and so on because she's so anxious and, and hyper aware and, um, you know, sensory overloads and all the rest of it but she'll happily go sit in the Raven and play games and be 
relatively chilled out as chilled out as she gets. <laughs> um, and I, and I think for us, that's a good litmus test of a good pub. If she feels comfortable, that's just, just, that's just me. I think everyone's going to have their own. I know it's, it's incredibly important. I, I think, and I, you know, I can honestly say I understand what you're saying. Cause I have three brothers and one's autistic Asperger's and, uh, you know, normally socially, um, very shy, um, sunny personality. Um, but you know, because, um, Chris is, is sensitive in, in many ways. Um, again, it just underscores your main point that if, if he can identify as a friendly place, you know, where people will talk to him, you know, just, just to be as they should, you know, just as they would any other person, then, um, that to me is a, strong sign of a well-run yeah. place. Um, well, I think if you, if you run, we'll take brewery tap rooms or craft beer, quote unquote, as uh, a point here. And hopefully it will illustrate what I'm about to say. But I think if you run a brewery tap room or a craft bar or something, like if, if you have the ability to make it, we always talk about inclusivity and, and all the rest of it in craft beer, but what I have found with a lot of places is that they're really not family friendly. And so for small kids, it's kind of like, well, children don't drink alcohol and they're in annoyance, they're loud, blah, 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 blah. And we went to one place when, um, so I turned 40 this year and we went to London. We, um, what I really wanted to do was get the tube from central London to um, Hackney and go to the Pembury Tavern. And my wife was like, that's like an hour's journey just to go to a pub in London. Like, our, you know, our kids won't handle that on a tube, particularly my oldest. Um, we're not doing that. So I was like, fine, let me research some bars in central London. And I found this one place, um, had like a, a smallish brewery in it and then like a, a bar that did food downstairs. Well, I say it did food, looked like it did food from the website. I'm not entirely sure it did when we got there. And we walked down and just, I mean, it was very stereotypical, quote unquote, craft beer, you know, like people with man buns, beards and all the rest of it, tattoos. And I got a look, someone behind the bar clocked me and the family and literally just shook their head. Just ever so slightly as if to say, not in here. And so we went out and we ended up in a Pizza Express, which is the one thing I didn't want to do on my birthday was being a, a chain restaurant drinking macro beer. Um, but alas, we did because, again, my oldest is familiar with it. And I, and I just think like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying every venue has to be child friendly, but I think if you're not going to be child friendly, make it clear in your marketing, make it clear on your website somewhere. So, so mere mortals like me, um, that have kids on the spectrum, whatever, um, can, you know, decide whether to go to your pub, your bar, your tap room or not. And I think that for me is true inclusivity. Uh, I know I might, we might get cancelled. Well, no, 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 no you, you, that, you're but. right. By extension, um, they've got to make it clear what sort of place they are. Because, you know, that. <laughs> identifying it along the lines of from whence they existed, you know, they are a traveller's rest, essentially. And that traveller could be coming from anywhere. They could be a tourist from abroad. They could be, in your case, new to that part of London. Um, 
I mean, the list goes on. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't really matter. The point, the point of the matter is that, um, you know, um, yeah, make it clear by, and, and people can read those codes. Um, they're not insensible in the fact that as long as the, the signs, so to speak, are that, yeah, this is not either not family friendly or, you know, take a sports bar or other venues that I've run, you know, it's like, it's a sports bar and that's what it is. And that's what it does. And that's all we do. So please don't come in expecting a car scale and a pint of pint because, you know, we ain't doing that. Um, yeah. I think we're something, like a, on. So, well, I think know, I something mean, like a sports if, bar. If that's is, a good example. It's pretty obvious, like, with something like a sports bar. But I think, again, just I, I sometimes feel when it comes to whatever craft beer is or craft beer culture is, and I guess we we self-define that term. So maybe the onus is more me and my misunderstanding than what somebody else does or does put on their website. But the idea of craft beer, quote-unquote, is that it's this sort of um, all-inclusive, socially inclusive, I can't think of another word, but inclusive. <laughs> you know, it's this, this inclusive space and so on. And it's like, well... Uh, you know, if it's inclusive, then it has to be inclusive to everyone. And I mean, and that literally means everyone. And I'm not saying you should go and be a dickhead in a place like that. If you're, you know, everyone being people that disagree with you politically or whatever, like, you know, there's, there's no, there's just no room for being a dickhead in, in any, whether you're in a sports bar or a, a nice gentle cafe or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes it kind of it can feel a little bit like it says one thing on the tin, but you open it up and it's not that. And I, I find that hard to stomach. Yeah, I, I think that you know. Again, though, if we're looking at with optimism as we always should be to the the, the future environments, let's say, you know, I do think there'll be and they have to be um, at the risk of. In fact, I'm not contradicting myself because I'd like to think I, I ran one. I, I opened a place called where the ever went called the fire station in Hammersmith, and uh, you know, if you defined us by the normal rules, you know, we were next to the Palais that was still open at the time. Hammersmith's a fairly well, incredibly busy transport hub. Um, it's got a certain type of um, potential client on the doorstep, but we did manage to be a chameleon venue, you know, adapting by the day mm. to what we knew to be the potential audience around us, if I can put it that way. So again, that's for me, that's a, a, you know, you've got to be a pretty experienced operator to do that, but it's doable. Um, And, you know, um, so whether that be the simplicity of offering office staff a a good quality and value, you know, office menu through to, and fast paced menu through to, I mean, the list goes on, but um, yeah, good operators, there's no, no excuses if you've got your business. Um, yes, of course, there's pressures on on businesses at the moment, particularly in terms of recruitment, which is possibly a different topic for us to move into. But, um, you know, if your kitchen is closed, then don't try to open it in a half uh, cocked banner, so to speak, because, you know, it's just you do yourself more damage. And, and that could be any aspect of your business. Just don't do it in a half-hearted manner. Be honest with your folk. Um, and your customers and say, boom, yeah. I'm not opening the kitchen today for these reasons and be as quick and informed about that as you can. Because that, that's that's the whole point 
of, of the place of rest, the big warm hug, isn't it? Mm. Is that people are relying on you to be totally consistent. Um, and, you know, um, so, so you are a home from home in that sense. Yep. And so they, they really do feel let down if you, if you suddenly do something like that and, yep. uh, you know, and you can adapt and you can, you know, any, any decent place, if I can put it that way, should be able to turn its hand to a few reasonable bar snacks in substitute of the kitchen not being opened as an example, but just, um, you know, people are rightly so and, and should be very forgiving if they see that effort is being made each and every day um, on their behalf. Well, last burning question whilst we've uh, got a, a couple of minutes left is what I wanted to ask was, how do you think pubs are going to fare in the first couple of quarters of 2023 and tap rooms and venues and stuff generally? Um, I think I think if they've got their local audience sorted, they'll be fine. Um, and uh, they are the type of established operators that we've talked about will move their businesses forward with genuine effort. Um, if they haven't, they're in for a very, very rough first half of the year. Um, right. And, and might not reopen is, is the honest truth um, because you that they have to have their fundamentals in place. Um, I think that, you know, touching on a, not a political topic, I've largely been supportive of strike actions that are going on at the moment. I think not only do workers have a right to strike, but also in the right, you know, without isolating them, we've got the first nurses strike ever. I mean, it's just appalling, really, mm. that's come to that. Um, but I'm now going to um, make a point about the train strikes at the moment. They're just, it's not on to do wildcat strikes that affect other industries. And the strike timings for the train operators um, in and around this period are bad news and inexcusable. Because yes, okay, we can all listen to their um, story about why they're striking and, and fund at the core of that, I'm in agreement with them, but not when it comes to a point where you're affecting the livelihoods of so many other of your fellow citizens and hospitality will be devastated by the timing of these strikes. Well, on that cheery note, happy, happy, <laughs> that's a cheery happy, note, isn't happy, it? Happy Christmas, everyone. Don't <laughs> <laughs> worry, it'll be a good one. Yeah, it's fine. Just, just, just get your, you know, get your, um, get your other methods of transport out. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm staying at home with my Belgian blue, so I'll be fine. <laughs> 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 uh. Thank you.